0: Welcome, everybody, to the Thursday episode of Maxed Sports. We have two big topics today. We're going to be talking about baseball first and why the reverse boycott that the Oakland A's are doing to try and prove something is not going to end up doing anything, unfortunately. After that, we are going to move towards football we have a little bit of controversy when it comes to the running back market of the world there are some very disgruntled running backs saquon barkley dalvin cook josh jacobs they're all looking for new deals and they think that the market is unfair i will be talking about why it might actually be fair unfortunately in the next episode of max sports let's get into it today So for those who have been sleeping under a rock in the baseball world, what am I talking about with the reverse boycott of the Oakland A's? Well, the Oakland Athletics have been one of the worst teams in baseball the last two to three-ish seasons. This year, they are the fastest team ever to 50 losses, with a nice record as of today of 19-51. and That is just pathetic. This team actually was very competitive just a couple seasons ago. They had winning pieces and young stars. They were about a 90-ish win team just back in 2019 and 2020. The weird thing about it, though, is that despite being a very competitive team, they've absolutely cut their payroll by a ton, moved every worthy piece on the team, And now they are just a shell of a baseball team. They're an excuse of a AAA league team. And due to this, a lot of players, or not a lot of players, a lot of fans are absolutely sick of this. They don't want to spend their money on something that is a low-quality product. And I'm not saying this is the only reason for it, but it gives ownership a great excuse to want to move on from Oakland. Now, they were going to move anyway. They've been trying to get out of Oakland Coliseum for a long time. It's one of the most crappy rundown ballparks in all of sports. The Raiders left for a very good reason. Their new stadium in Vegas looks like a giant spaceship Roomba. It's very advanced. It's high tech. You're going to be hosting a Super Bowl there in a couple of years. Uh, no, not in Oakland Coliseum. Only thing they're hosting is... Plumbers, because there's always leaks and possum infest- infestations, because there's always those apparently as well. So I understand why they're moving on. It's a better business idea to move. However, it does break my heart for someone that is used to tradition. I would never want my baseball teams or my football teams to move from where I am. I want to cheer for those teams. Those are the hometown teams, so I can understand the fans being bummed. However, they have planned this reverse boycott for some reason where they are all planning to go to the game and then pretty much wear shirts that say sell and pretty much show that it's not their fault for why the A's are leaving. I think that is a very valid point. I mean to be fair they're not the ones that have been stuck in Oakland Oakland Coliseum alone. The fans have been there as well and they've been sitting through crappy stadium conditions as well. Would you rather go watch a game there or would you rather go watch a game at SoFi where it looks like, a again, a very high-tech shopping mall that also is a football stadium? I don't know. Bottom line is, it's going to be a better viewing experience as opposed to this crusty half-baseball field, half-football field park. And so I don't blame the fans for not wanting to go. The product's been bad. The stadium's been bad for several years now. But I also think it's crappy that, I mean, the ownership has absolutely butchered payroll, made the team unwatchable, and then they're just planning on moving out in a couple seasons. So they do this boycott. They have almost 28,000 people at the home crowd. It was the largest crowd of the season, and it was more than triple of the team's home average of just a little over uh, or just a little under 9,000. 8,555 is their average home crowd draw. Pathetic. Now, we can't say that the, that the uh, attendance is the main reason why they're going to plan on moving. It's obviously a better business deal. You know, if, if every team could, they would move to Dallas or New York or Chicago or Miami that's where sports are king. Every team would if they could. The Indiana Pacers would double in value if they were the New York Pacers. But they can't do that. So I understand why they're leaving. I understand the frustration of the fans. I understand it all. The only thing about this reverse boycott is is all of the frustrations that you're doing with this are just lining the pockets of the, of the person that is removing your baseball team. If you're really pissed about it, just don't go to it anymore. He's ruined the product. He's ruined the fun of going to see a baseball game. They've made the team unwatchable. Don't support it. Find a new team. Don't support it when they when they move. Don't go to a Vegas game. if you, That is the boycott that really does it because it hurts them in the pockets. Again, though, similar to the TV contracts, similar to this. I've talked about it in football. Sports are becoming a TV first market because unfortunately, hate to break it to you guys. They don't care about fans. They don't care about fans. If you ever come on a radio show and talk sports and say, well, I've been a diehard fan for 30 years. They don't care. Well, I spend $150 on a new jersey every year. They don't care. I'm a three-straight-year season ticket holder. I park my car at the front of the building every time. They don't care. Because no matter how much money they could get from selling out that stadium, a lucrative TV contract for several, several hundreds of millions of dollars is what's going to line their pockets more than someone going to the game. And it wasn't always like that, but this is where we're at now. It's the reason why I see college football games, like my Michigan State Spartans, being moved to Ford Field on Black Friday for their final regular season game instead of having a home game at Spartan Stadium on the college campus, robbing season ticket holders of another game. I know that's football, but hey... If you're a season ticket holder and you only get six or seven games a year, you'd probably prefer seven over six. That's all I would say with that, especially a big game like Penn State. So that's football, but it's very similar to baseball now. Every professional sport is a money-making industry. It is not there to make you happy as a fan vegas is a great market for sports because not only do you have the vegas audience but you have everybody that comes and visits vegas so an example i'm a tigers fan if the tigers were going to vegas and i'm planning a trip anyway why not get tickets to the game i'll watch my team play the vegas a's i think that's a great business plan you don't necessarily have to like the person like the idea behind it but it makes sense Sorry, Ace fans, but again, your real boycott is just say F the team. We'll try and petition to get a new one, maybe renovate your stadium or try and petition for a new one, and maybe you can get an expansion team or maybe a new team to come in there again someday. (sighs) Moving on to the next segment, another sad, harsh truth we're going to have to do with the running back market and why names like Saquon Barkley are very upset about it. See you soon. Well, 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 we're on to NFL talk, and we're starting it off with the running back market. So, Saquon Barkley is holding out of practice because he has not signed his franchise tag yet. Neither has Josh Jacobs. So, the thing with running backs, right, we all know the position. It's not a very... long it's not a long career you have when you're a running back usually durability issues start to build up because you're a smaller player usually most of the hits you're taking are against bigger people it's a very likely chance that your career's peak is maybe seven to eight years at best if you're an elite running back and that is frustrating for some people that play the position so saquon Barkley has not signed his franchise tag because he declined a a contract that gave him about $14.7 a year um, earlier in the offseason. He wants to set the market and, and really be the big guy, change the market for how running backs get paid. Now, he had some fair points. And again, I will say, when he was being interviewed, it really sounded like they were trying to get a hit piece on him. He was talking about how, you know, not every team has Patrick Mahomes. I like Dan Jones. He's a great quarterback, but not every team can rely fully on the quarterback to win games. If you know, not every running back is an elite superstar that can carry an offense. I'm not, you know, so he's saying a lot of good points. He understands that not every running back is a, an elite franchise changer. Now I view Saquon Barkley when he's healthy as one of those guys, an elite dynamic weapon that can really change how an offense runs. Other guys I think that can do that are Christian McCaffrey, maybe Derek Henry. And after that, there's not a ton. There's some really solid elite running backs. I'm thinking Dalvin cook, Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, you know, Aaron Jones, Tony Pollard, again, Josh Jacobs, the leader in rushing last year. But again, as easy as I said all those names, there are a lot of guys that are ready to make a come up in the sport that are still on rookie deals, that are being that are able to get very similar stats in production. Think of names like Kenneth Walker. He was a huge, huge addition to the Seahawks last year on their way to really go for a big run there. Um, I'm looking at Travis Etienne, a very young running back in the game as well. Ramondre Stevenson, Tyler Algier, Najee Harris. These are all names that were top 15 in rushing. Some of them were higher than the names I mentioned. All of those names are still on rookie deals. Um, Pollard was just extended. So there's a lot of names that aren't necessarily paid like top 10 running backs, but ETN was last year. So where am I going with this? Well, Saquon wants an extension. And I think the problem with it is the first deal that the Giants offered has now been renewed. The one that he declined, the 14-ish mil a year deal. He declined it before, but that is what's been reopened and re-offered to him. And I don't know what he'll necessarily do with that. I don't know if that is an insult or if that is a, yeah, maybe you want to take that deal now. So that would put him at third in the highest paid running backs per year behind Kamara at 15 and Christian McCaffrey at 16. I think that's a slight underpay. I think if you're Saquon, you probably want to be at least ahead of Alvin Kamara, maybe ahead of Christian McCaffrey. I think the most he could possibly get is maybe 16.2 or 16.5 with incentives or something and the problem with the running back market is how fast it changes perfect example josh jacobs was not a top even maybe 10 running back just a couple seasons ago all of a sudden on a contract year after they didn't pick up his option oh what do you know he just manages to lead the entire league in rushing wow How about Christian McCaffrey? I'll be honest, I did not view him as a guy that should be paid as the number one uh, running back in, in free agency. I didn't think he was worth it. I didn't think he should have been the highest paid in the league. All of a sudden, he gets traded to San Francisco. He's able to stay healthy again for the first time in forever, and he puts up some monstrous stats. If you were a betting man and you bet Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown, you made a lot of money last year if you parlayed that with other stuff. Dalvin Cook, a solid bell cow. Derrick Henry, despite getting up there in age, can still hit 1,000-yard seasons and mow people over. Nick Chubb, very solid running back as well. The thing with it is all of the names I'm naming, Chubb, Henry, Cook, and Kamara right there, are all more durable than Saquon Barkley. If we look at specifically Saquon Barkley's career stats, This is a doozy at times. So he has 3000 yard seasons, including his rookie year, his second year, and his most recent year in 2022 from 2020 to 2021, he played two games in 2020 and he played 13 games in 2021, having a measly 593 yards rushing. Now, again, you can blame the team. You can blame whatever the case is. He also says he views himself as a running back. That's better than just an average one, though. Sorry, an average running back is probably about 600 yards in 13 games, averaging 3.7 yards a carry. So where are we at with it? So Barkley has some really good years. A few years ago, he kind of bounced back with a great year this year. But honestly, playing 15 games in two seasons before doesn't look very promising at all. With this track record, it looks like he's kind of missing out on time here or there. And he's had off seasons. He's had years that aren't necessarily as good. If you sign him to a four-year deal, there's no guarantee that you get three good years out of the guy due to his injury history. And so as someone that wants to invest in a running back, I wouldn't want to give him $16 million for four years if... 24 of those million dollars are going to be spent on him sitting on a bench. That is why the running back market is not paid out as much. And for a guy that has had durability issues, it is weird for him to say how his value is there and he wants to change the market. If you want to change the market, you need to stay on the field. At least Josh Jacobs has been able to do that. While he is maybe not as high of a ceiling guy as Saquon Barkley, he's still is a very decent running back. When we look at his stats in four seasons, he's been able to play 13 or more games in all of them. He has only missed 1,000 yards once, and he still had 800 yards. Now, that was a bit of a down year, but he was able to lead the league in rushing this year as well. Josh Jacobs is also a little younger than Saquon Barkley, so this makes sense to me more than Saquon Barkley getting more money. Because he has been a more consistent back. He has been able to stay on the field. He has been able to put up monstrous seasons. Saquon Barkley has been too injury prone for me to like the thought of him being the highest paid running back in the league. So... I don't see why the market would be any better. It's not that they're purposely trying to get you. It's they're trying to save money. If they're trying to compete for a title, they don't want to have all their money locked in on a running back that's only going to play eight games a season. It's a fair argument, and it's something that, again, I wouldn't pay a quarterback that can't stay healthy. I wouldn't pay a receiver that can't stay healthy. This is how it works. There are players at any position it's not just the running back position that sometimes have to sign one-year prove-it deals because they can't stay healthy perfect example dj chark was a solid thousand yard receiver at jacksonville uh, for several years after some injury concerns he he gets moved on by the jags and then the lions offer him a one-year prove it deal once he's able to prove it more then he gets a several year deal with a new team this is how Football works. So I understand where Saquon's coming from, but I'm not having a hard time really seeing him why he's complaining. I mean, a perfect example, Saquon Barkley is older than Josh Jacobs and has fewer rushing yards in his career because he can't stay on the damn field. So when it comes to the running back market, I don't feel bad for these guys. They are making handsome amounts of money. And I understand for maybe guys that are journeymen, guys that maybe have one year in the league and a torn ACL blows their chance of ever making it again. But look at some of the biggest names. Again, where did Todd Gurley go? Oh, yeah, you forgot about him, right? He was a premier running back. He was what Saquon Barkley is now just four or five years ago. He's retired now. He was on the Rams with Jared Goff when they were going to the Super Bowl you saw his effect when he wasn't full health in the Super Bowl. He wasn't able to be himself, and we never saw him again. He disappeared like that. What about Zeke Elliott, a guy that was a premier running back, led the league in rushing twice, something that Saquon Barkley has not done once, and he just got cut because his injury concerns, the, the ability that he's lost his burst. That's not a bad thing that, that he just hasn't the same guy anymore. So... When it comes to the running back position, it's just the fact that these guys truly run out of gas at an earlier age, and you don't want to pay them as much. I don't blame it. There are guys that are stars right now that will disappear in two years, three years, and you'll be like, oh, my gosh, what happened to blank? That could be Derrick Henry this year. That could be Austin Eckler. That could be some of these older running backs right now. It could be McCaffrey, even though he's one of the highest paid in the league. So again, like I say it, yes, these guys are not that old, 26, 27 years old. And if you flip the script and say, well, a, a consistent top 10 receiver that can put 1,000-yard uh, um, stats out, why aren't you paying him that money? Yes, because a receiver is a more valuable position. I flip the script and say it like this. What if someone's talented, though, but can't stay on the field? Look at Josh, Gordon, Josh Norman. Not Josh Gordon. Josh Norman. No, it was Josh Gordon. Pfft, dummy. Uh, but Josh Gordon, a guy that had an amazing first couple of years in the NFL with the Cleveland Browns' as a high draft pick, all of a sudden started smoking the ganja and can't stay on the field. That is not a good thing. He got suspended. It, it was like it was like a deja vu. It was like every year it's like training camp started. Players making it there. Josh Gordon suspended the full year. Like that was a joke in my head for like probably six years. It was like, oh, yeah, he's still there. Oh, he's suspended again. He was a very talented player, but he could never stay on the field, so he never deserved a big contract. Same thing goes with running backs. Now, it's not their own fault for getting hurt here. Or missing games or missing time, but again, I don't want to pay a guy that only shows up to work half the time. That's how I feel about it. So, what do you think about the running back market? Do you think it's fair? Do you think it's not? I don't think really many things in life are fair, to be honest. But at the end of the day, we got to do what we got to do. So, I don't know. I just kind of, yeah, I just kind of hate the people that already get paid the most in some things, complaining that they're not getting paid enough. Um, But I will warn people, look at what happened with Le'Veon Bell when he sat out to try and get the big bag. Yes, he ended up getting a huge payday, and he got most of that fully guaranteed. But at the end, he probably missed out on a longer career where he could have made even more. So that will be the end of Max Sports today. I hope you're enjoying your Thursday. One more day until we get to enjoy a great weekend, and I hope you guys are excited for it. I know I am. See you tomorrow. Adios.